Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Off to a great start. Off to a great start. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It is a Monday morning. Are we keeping that one? (laughs) We're keeping it. I'm keeping it. Great. Fantastic. All right. Well, it's Tech Driven Tuesday, but it is Monday morning here, and uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> George, you need some coffee. I didn't sleep very well last night. You're getting old. I am getting old. It's relevant for our past. Which I feel bad because there's people that are, are much older than me and probably feel better than I do most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> It's because you don't drink enough coffee. Um, is that is that my problem? Yeah, yeah. I shared the tweet with you. I'm trying to share with you the success for life is to drink ridiculous amounts of coffee. Mm-hmm. A tweet, you know what I'm talking about? Where yeah, the guy I saw, said, everybody uh, I know who throws upper 90s is a mm, caffeine fiend. Yeah. And then it said, you don't need to drink coffee, says guy that throws 82. <laughs> so this is real life, though. You know, when I was doing that. Uh, in my in my program, my doctoral program, it's a practical doctorate degree, right? So mm-hmm. I'm not. This is not like a PhD. PhDs in preaching, they learn about other preachers and they learn about preaching. Mm-hmm. This is this is what my old preaching professor said. He said people with demons in preaching. That's the practical degree mm-hmm. preach. So, you know, you do you preach and whatever. And you have to submit videos and you have various people have been pastors a long time. They'll watch them. And you have to have like Google calls with them. And then you be in class sometimes with these guys. And one guy, what? One guy told a guy in front of the whole class that he needed to drink a Red Bull before he preached. Yeah. They told you that? Yeah. Dude, I was like, it's funny, but I feel bad for the guy, but I'm <laughs> laughing out loud at you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So maybe you just need to up that caffeine intake. <clears throat> maybe. Mm-hmm. The army did it for me. I never, I never drank coffee. I don't think a single bit, a drop until I was in the army. I don't, I don't have a problem um, when I get up to preach. Really having the energy. No, I, yeah, it's, to do it. it's just on Monday mornings. Uh, it's just Monday mornings when we sit down to do the podcast. Uh, my brain is all scrambled. And well, here I've got a meme for you to help times. you get going. Yeah. In the day. How okay. about this? Yeah. This was out yesterday, George. Okay. Take a gander. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think of that? Yeah. This is a this is someone's real church sign. It says, God couldn't be everywhere, so he made mothers. Mm. That's that that's that uh that's that real deep stuff, George. What is a mother? Can the do you think this church could define what a mother is? Uh well, they're church of the Church of God, mm. so I'm guessing they're probably they've got to be they've got to be conservative leaning, right? I don't, know. I don't know that they went down the liberal way. I just think this is just really terrible mm-hmm. theology. Yeah, it's like a Hallmark card, card um, not not church sign. Yeah. God, God's not God, so He made mothers. That's mm-hmm. what it, they might as well. They might as well put that on the sign. God is not God, so He made mothers. Yeah. <clears throat> is there any? Is there any one? Is it any wonder that uh, how we are? How we are in a, in America right now? 
What a mess. What a mess we are, George, Mm -hmm. in America and our theology. Yep. So, yeah. But it's not just us, man. You know, my friends or my my, uh, my kids will have combos with, uh, you know, like with Catholics. Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, that's not what Catholics believe. We don't believe that. We don't we don't believe that you have to take all the sacraments and they never said that about people that believe in justification by faith alone and they're like well, well you could just Sorry. go ask your, don't take my word for it <laughs> you know right. I'm just a Protestant over here go ask your priest mm-hmm. so it seems that in America um, there's just a lot of ignorance theology and uh, religion or it's like a an afterthought. It's the sentimentality of going to church, I think, is what a lot of people are after today. Everyone acts like they know everything, but then there's also this like anti-intellectual bent. Mm-hmm. Like the people that actually know what they're talking about are usually ostracized. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's. Uh, that's but true. you go on, you go on social media, and everyone knows. Everyone knows everything. everything. There, yeah. yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we are uh, we're in Ecclesiastes again. Mm-hmm. You got uh, you preached this sermon. You got one left. You got one, one left to go. Yep. yep. You're gonna breathe a sigh of relief. I am, George. I found a New Mexican place. I just have to tell you this before I forget. Here in town? Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's in the old Luigi's building. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Where's the old Luigi's building? On, the one on Sheridan, Sheridan Road. Okay. On Sheridan Road, down by the Great Plains Coliseum. Past um, past Gore, right? Yeah, yeah. And they they didn't they didn't do any like advertising at all. Okay. So I didn't know that Luigi's wasn't there anymore. So it's just the one uh, one location for Luigi's now. Yeah, I don't really know what happened. That was that used to be my go to Italian place, mm-hmm. but you know, they went out went out of business, and now they're gone. I can't even. I should have taken. I should take a picture. They're not even on Google. Go to Sheridan Road, across from the Coliseum. There will be a Mexican food place there. You will hear the foreign tongue spoken, and that's when you'll know you're in the right place. Huh? This is this is real. What? This is real. Life. What, what's the name of this place? I don't know. You don't know. I don't even know, dude. I'm trying to find it. They don't. It's like a secret. So I went in there, and there was a guy in a. Con, he was a construction worker, and I was like, "This is a good sign. This is a good sign." Then I started hearing. When did you eat here? Uh, last last week with Angie. She just randomly saw it and went in. So. It just was an accident because she thought we were going to go eat somewhere else. And then we drove there and I was like, this isn't the place I was thinking of. What is this place? And uh, it turned out to be awesome. Okay. They even brought brought me the non-white people salsa. It was everything I ever wanted. The only thing they didn't have was the Trace Leches cake. Okay. And so I said, please consider. <laughs> you ever have one of those? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. But uh, go there. I'm gonna find the name. Okay. I'm gonna have to drive by drive by it to get the name because you can't even find them on Google. Hmm. Okay. So it's just word of mouth. But if you go in a place and it's got construction workers in it, it's game on. 
you know it's the the real deal. I didn't know that that was a mark of a good Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. There's tips. Tips for you. I'm trying to teach you a wide variety of wisdom. You're trying to, trying like, to instill shrewdness into uh-huh. us by uh, dropping these little, these little golden nuggets. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I don't need a lot. You know, I don't need a lot in life to be happy. Mm-hmm. But I do need a good Mexican place to eat at. Okay. And I, and and there's one here, so I'll have to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Not Tex-Mex. I want. Right. I want. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want it. I want it to burn. <laughs> you know. And the chips need to be like, like they like they baked them in the store. Mm. Like where they're still hot. When they yeah. Come out. Yeah. But not. But not like. You know what I mean? There's like real ones that you know they like dipped in a fryer back there. Mm-hmm. And then there's the kind you know they opened a bag and just dumped mm-hmm. them out. Right. Yeah. All right. To Ecclesiastes <laughs> we go. I just had to share that with you, you know, because you need to share joy with other people. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> well, Ecclesiastes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we've got to. We're told, you know, we got to enjoy the days of our youth. Right, right. And I and I still consider myself to be somewhat of a youth. Okay. There's your segue, George. Setting yep. you up. Okay. <laughs> so we're we're in Ecclesiastes again. Vanity of vanities. This podcast is vanity. <laughs> so we're we're in chapter eleven. Uh, verse 7, going through verse 8 of uh, chapter 12. Mm-hmm. What'd you call this uh, this sermon? Take a guess. I don't know. Rejoice and remember. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty creative. You are very creative. You spend a lot of time on that, yeah. don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about um, young people uh-huh. yeah. and old people. Yeah, young and old. And two commands, uh, so that we might pursue joy. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. And this is uh, we didn't plan it this way, but it turned into almost like a graduation message. It certainly wasn't a Mother's Day message. It certainly that's, wasn't. Yeah, that's for sure. You got to go where the text takes you, though. Right. You know. But if it because there's it's graduation time, it's uh-huh. graduation season. Yeah. So these this is. Uh, this is the end of the book, and he. The, the more time I spend in the book, the more surprised I am at how wrong I read it before. You can kind of read it like, I think, feel like when you're in a bad mood, you could be drawn to this book. Mm-hmm. But over and over and over through the book, he keeps telling you to rejoice yeah. and to pursue joy mm-hmm. and to enjoy life, and I don't know how I missed all that before. It, I mean, there's this tension because it's it is vanity, mm-hmm. everything under the sun. Um, it's it is a it's a it's a dark book because we live in a dark world. Yeah, and Solomon is not sugarcoating anything. He's he is very realistic about what the world is like. It's dark. Um, if you pursue all of these, um these different lines of of happiness as ultimates it ends in futility mm-hmm. but in the midst of it yeah 
we can still have joy. And that's, I think that we've maybe fallen into the, the trap of kind of the, uh, the way that Puritans are often portrayed. Mm. Like they're just, they wear black and they're just, uh, just kill everyone's happiness. Like don't do anything fun. Right. Which is not the reality of what the Puritans were like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we fall into that trap that Christians, we shouldn't, we shouldn't go around like pursuing happiness. Isn't it weird that there's this big tradition of like no dancing? Cause isn't like dancing mm-hmm. is like associated with feasting and joy and mm-hmm. happiness. Yeah. You know, when something amazing happens, you don't have to tell people to dance. You know, the end of World War II, you got that famous picture, like people are dancing in the streets. Right. But somehow, at least in the Protestant world, I mean, mm. I can't, I didn't grow up in other traditions. It's like not a lot of celebrating, you know? Not a lot of feasting, a lot of, lot, a lot of, not a lot of joy, like right. expressions of joy. Anyway, like people, you can look at them. You know, you got the guy sitting in the back pew, and you know he's never cracked a smile in si- uh, like six months, and he's like, "I am happy." <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't you see me rejoicing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know how how it how it happened. I Maybe don't know. Historical study for somebody. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, But here we're told to pursue joy. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not pursuing joy just however we want to pursue joy. God's word actually instructs us on how to find real joy because everyone's looking for for happiness. Mm -hmm. Everyone's chasing happiness. Um, but as you were bringing out is that God doesn't just want you to be happy. He wants you to have maximum happiness. Yeah. He wants you to have, uh, Jesus said that he came so that we might have joy, but that our joy might be full. Yeah. You know, if you want to, if you want to make some money and be an author, just write another book from a secular perspective on all these very general ways that you can seek and pursue happiness and, Mm. and I guess find a measure of it because there are, you know, non-believers they are happy mm-hmm. believe it or not I mean this is one of the things people lament in the Psalms and even Solomon will lament this fact that sometimes their <laughs> life goes very good and they're very happy right but there's a difference in having this kind of like temporary happiness and having real maximal happiness mm-hmm. and eternal happiness um, but yeah I mean this is uh, there's huge markets around this stuff yeah how to sell happiness all advertising in some degree, is trying to sell you happiness, right? Even Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, so you you said that you you plugged you plugged something into ChatGPT. Yeah, I like to I like to play around on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm intrigued by the whole scenario of artificial inter- intelligence. Anyway, you know that. Yeah. Just on like how how do they, how are they doing it? How is it going to change like humanity? It'll lie to you. Mm-hmm. The it'll which is very strange. I think they came up with a word for it. They call it hallucinations because mm. they don't know why it's lying, but it, it will lie to you. Mm. So for those youngsters out there thinking you're going to write a paper, you better think again because it'll yeah, right. <laughs> it will it will lie to you, <clears throat> and you can experiment on there. And you can probably get, I got into an argument once about uh, dispensationalism, and then I was I was like I better stop. I'm going to break this thing out of its black box. 
And Terminator will be on our hands. You're creating Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to see, because it, it has uh, access to pretty much everything, this one in particular, before like 2021. Are, so you, are you telling me that you are arguing with chat GPT? Yeah, over to- I was. <laughs> I told it. That's, that's taking your eschatology to another level. Yeah. <laughs> you could tell it it's wrong, and what's funny is it'll say, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I, I didn't purposefully uh, give you wrong information. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's programmed by liberals, yeah. so you know it's it's got to be sensitive. I wish it would just like f- fire back at me, like you know, like a bam, like a. Your words are hurting me. Yeah, like <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. I have access to all knowledge, but it's like, oh, I'm I'm sorry. That's when you know that the end is nigh when it, when it snaps at you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I knew, like, okay, I'm gonna plug this in. It's gonna pull from like every graduation speech that's available online. Yeah, I knew you knew what it would. Mm-hmm. I knew it would. So, I I gave it this prompt. I'm an 18 year old teenager. Please provide a step by step guide on how I can be both happy and successful in life. And it spit out something that, you know, anybody could turn into a graduation speech or a book, like with seven chapters on how to seek <laughs> seek happiness. Yeah. Um. But it's just general. I mean, people are pursuing these things thinking they'll actually find real happiness. Uh, practice gratitude. That's not a bad... That's not bad. None of... Like, all of these are good advice. Right. Practice gratitude. Nurture relationships. Take care of your physical health. Develop a positive mindset. Pursue meaningful activities. Set goals and work towards them. And seek help when needed. And then it says, remember that happiness is a journey, George. Mm. And it's important to be patient and to be kind to yourself along the way. <laughs> so, God's word is better than that. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 in many ways, more it's it's simple. It's more simple, not simplistic, but you know, here are seven things. Well, there's only two. There's two commands here. Mm-hmm in this text that we're going to be going through. And they have to do with pursuing pursuing joy yeah. in your life. So, And in particular, while you're young, and that's kind of why I wanted to see what it would spit out for me for 18-year-olds, because mm. it's the, the whole deal is, while you are young, do these things. Because yeah. the day is coming when you're going to be old, and um, you're not going to feel like doing anything. Mm-hmm. It'll be maybe too late for you. Yeah. All right, so there's uh, the structure of this passage is there's two commands, mm. and uh, we'll have to talk about that when we in in just a second as we walk through this because you hear this two commands so that you can have joy, uh-huh. and people immediately say commands don't bring joy. Yeah, commands bring restrictions. Right, they actually cut off uh, happiness. So uh-huh. we'll talk about that because that's in. That's in the, the uh-huh. passage, so yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. Right. But two commands so that we might pursue joy. Um, rejoice, that, and you, you just brought them right out of the, of the passage. You can't miss them. Yeah. Um, verse 9, rejoice in the days of your youth. Mm-hmm. And then chapter 12, verse 1, remember your creator in the days of your youth. 
Right. So really, uh, really simple. So let's look at the first one. Rejoice in the days of your youth. We see that in verses 7 through you 10. To, you want me to read it first, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. We forgot yeah, a step. Yeah, completely forgot about that. Okay, I'll read it. And yeah. if you're watching, the text is on your screen. Yep. Light is sweet, and it's pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. But let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things God will bring you into judgment. Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body, for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Remember also the Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few and those who look through the window are dimmed and the doors on the street are shut when the sound of the grinding is low and one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home. And the mourners go about in the streets before the silver cord is snapped and the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher, all is vanity. Isn't that lovely? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to verses 7 through 10. Okay. Rejoice in the days of your youth. Mm-hmm. So uh, the command, the the the, uh, the it's in, it's in the imperative in verse nine. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, my grammar is not so hot, but seven through eight contains the adjussive, ju- uh, okay. which is uh, not not the command itself, but it's like uh, what is what is adjussive? It's like. Let it be something like that. Okay. Um, you're the uh, the the grammar English English graduate of college. What is adjustive, Giorgio? If you think that um... let him rejoice. Okay, so let him rejoice is not a command. The command comes in verse nine. It. He's looking it up. Yeah. If you think that uh, they're teaching people what adjustive is in school, you might be a little bit naive. Really? (laughs) Um, uh, It indicates the speaker's wish or any nuance of will like command, exhortation, advice, invitation, permission, as well as prayer requests or prayer or request for permission. It's normally used instead of the imperative with negation. There you go. So that comes there, and then the the actual command comes in verse nine. It comes as a command. God commands you to rejoice, O man, O young man, in your youth. And he kind of sets that up with this introduction in verse seven. Light is sweet, and it's pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. Meaning simply, it's good to be alive. It's not. It's good to be alive. It's better to be alive than to be dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he said in uh, chapter nine, a living dog is better than a dead lion. Right. And we talked about that. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. So however many days you get to live, 
even if you're old, you this is how you you know you can't just turn this off because even if you're old, you still have many days left to live. You may not be young, but still you should be rejoicing in all of your days. Mm. And you should do that because you should remember the days of darkness are coming and there are many and all that comes is vanity. So your vanity here means like fleeting, like a breath. Mm. Um, it can mean, of course, we know it can mean meaningless, it can mean absurd, absurdity, but here it means that your life is like a breath, you know, exactly like what is what we read in James 4, 14, where we're told that our life is a vapor. Mm-hmm. And so because life is, relatively speaking, short, your life is like a breath, you ought to be rejoicing in your youth in every single one of the days that you have to live. Uh, so rejoice while you are young in the days of your youth. So you should be seizing each day with joy. When you're a young person, you you often think, I think some young people think, I'll enjoy life when I'm older. Right now I'm figuring out the world, I've got to go to college, I've got to get good grades, then I've got to get a good job, then i got to get married, and then I'll have kids, and then after I save up enough money, one day I'll retire. Mm-hmm. Then I'll start enjoying. Life. Right. <laughs> right. Then I'll yeah, start there's enjoying. there's this idea that um, the older you get, the the um, I don't know the more free time you have because as right. kids I mean we're always you got to go to school you got to do homework you got to do chores and it's like I've got all this stuff I got to do and I can't wait until I get older and I don't have to do all this stuff yeah but well spoiler alert <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's just, there's only more stuff there's to do. more stuff to do there's more responsibilities there's more people that you're responsible for um yeah yep so. There's the command. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. That's a command. Mm -hmm. God commands you to seek joy, to pursue happiness, to be merry. Um, And it's supported by four four other commands, subordinate commands that enforce in uh, this this first main one. Mm Um, and the first one is, you'll see in the ESV, it says walk. In our modern English, as we just talk you know, to each other, we would say follow. So follow your heart. And you just trigger, oh. you just trigger everyone. Oh. Yeah. I, t- I told you I was probably stuck in my office. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to do with this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Malfunctioning. Jeremiah 17, 9 yeah. comes to mind. Uh-huh. As I know it did everyone else as soon as I said it. I said, you want to be happy in this life, you need to follow your heart mm-hmm. and go after that which you think makes you happy, Right. that which you desire, what your eyes see and you desire, go after it. And everybody's like, oh, what? <laughs> right. Because Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. And so we're told, don't listen to your heart. Mm. Can't you hear? It's probably Paul, Paul Washer. Paul Washer, yeah. Ear, don't listen to your heart. <laughs> But here God tells us to listen to our heart. Yeah. So But there's a there's a there's a, a nuance to it. It's not um mm-hmm. the way that it usually is described, follow your heart is just do whatever you feel like doing. Right. But there's but it, the second the second command helps inform the first command. Right. Yes. So if we didn't have that the second one we might would be in trouble. Mm-hmm. So the second one is, but no. So no is the next one, the next right. command. Know what? But know that God's going to judge you. Mm-hmm. For all of these things, God's right. going to bring you into judgment. Mm-hmm. So 
you put those together and you really can see, okay, God is giving you, he's given you liberally like he did in the garden, but there's a few more restrictions now. But really, you think about it, there's not that many. He has set these parameters in his word that he's going to bring you into judgment. You're going to be judged according to the law, mm-hmm. according to God's commands. Right. Um, so keep that in mind. Like, you you desire something, check it against God's word. Is it a violation of God's word? Don't do it. Yeah. Right. So you're free to pursue pretty much anything under the sun that your heart desires, that you have a passion for, you have a desire to do. Um, but no, God's going to bring you to judgment. So yeah. balance it out. And I think it's good for us to remember Jeremiah chapter 17. Mm-hmm. Um, recognize that your heart is deceitful. It is wicked. Right. Um, and that just because you feel a certain way or desire a certain thing doesn't mean that it's good. Oh, yeah. All, you always, you always um, look to God's word to, uh, right. to inform inform your heart. Yes. of what is good to pursue. Yeah, I mean you'll hear, you'll you'll hear people say <clears throat> if you ever get around to questioning them like hey you you are a Christian and yet you are doing this mm-hmm. or you're in the process of committing this sin. Right. They'll say, "Well, you know, I have a peace about it because I know God wants me to be happy." <laughs> right. God told me this was going to be okay. This yeah, God wants me to be happy. This makes me happy. I know God's okay with it. Then right. um but Hang on a second, yeah. Because you're violating what God's already revealed. He's already revealed to you not to do that. Mm-hmm. So it can't be true that He revealed not to do it. But then you say it's true that God supports what you're doing, right? Because it makes you happy. So we need to be aware that our heart is that deceitful mm-hmm. that the our we can deceive ourselves into seeing what is clearly said in the Bible does not apply to me. Yeah, you can ha- you can you can have. A feeling of peace, mm-hmm. even when you're doing something wicked, because your heart is deceiving you in, in that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's um, I recently preached Psalm 36 at another church, and and one of the descriptions of um, wicked men are that they uh, it literally um, reads he makes his way smooth for himself, mm. and it, what it means is that he doesn't examine whether what he's doing is right. He doesn't even care. Like, it doesn't even come into his mind that this could be wrong. Right. Um, his way, he just makes it smooth. He he doesn't... He he just ignores any sign that this might be against God's Word because he doesn't care about God's Word. Uh, and that's what our hearts do. Right. We uh, You can have peace about something, and it's not it's not the right thing to do. But this um, this does uh, it helps in our decision making mm-hmm. because a, a lot of times I, I'm sure you've heard this people don't know what God's will is for their life mm-hmm. and what they mean by that is I don't know what job I'm supposed to have or what school I'm supposed to go to or where I'm supposed to live or who I'm supposed to marry and it's like they want an audible voice to tell them take this job right but what the Bible uh, is concerned with when it, it talks about the will of God is more of the overarching, uh-huh. the big the big picture stuff. So First uh, Thessalonians, this is the will of God, your sanctification, uh-huh. that you abstain from sexual immorality. Right. You want to know what God's will is for your life? Right. It's that you be holy. Right. 
And, and the same thing when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, uh-huh. that we would pray that your will be done on mm-hmm. earth as it is in heaven. Right. And by that he means what has God revealed to us in his word, which is good for the human life, that I would be doing that in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't mean like, oh, should I go to that school? Should I go to that school? Right. I mean, even though we know in God's plan, his that right. he, all that he has decreed, that's all his will. But we're talking about is a little yeah. different here. Like what, uh, you know, uh, a, a Christian man trying to decide who am I supposed to marry? Uh-huh. Well, God's word would say, who do you want to marry? <laughs> like, who, who do you like? Yeah, who do, who do you desire? Yeah, who does your who heart you desire? desire? And then we, we, we look at God's word. Is this person a believer? Yes. Um, are, are they actually a believer? <laughs> right. Pursuing holiness? Yes. Um, yeah. A lot, and a lot of, this is a big problem for many Christians, is that they will marry the person their heart desires. Right. And they will ignore the other part, which is the most important, right. which is not to marry a non-believer. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then they suffer the rest of their life because of it. Mm. Because the person that they married doesn't love the most important person in your life. Right. They don't love Jesus. Their decisions aren't informed by that desire to please him and to follow him. You're just on different pages Mm -hmm. on the most essential, important thing in your life. Yeah. It's very foolish to follow your heart into marrying someone that's not a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But outside of that, you want to marry. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's um I love uh, I love when uh you probably heard this when John Piper was asked this question, how do I know that I married the right person? You married him. Like look at the names on the on the wed- <laughs> on the license, right? Right. On, right. The, on the wedding license. Yeah. <laughs> That's um we we don't have to wait for some audible voice. We don't have to wait for God to write something in the sky. If it's within the bounds of God's word and you, your heart desires it, right? Be be free to do uh-huh. that. Uh, same same with a job. What do you want to do? Uh huh. Does this violate God's word? If it doesn't, then pursue what your pursue what your heart desires. Yeah, it's 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 very relevant for younger people. Yeah, because sometimes younger people can get caught up in living other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, doing what uh, what they think they should be doing, what other people think they should be doing, and sometimes even like their parents. Now, sometimes your parents, you should listen to them because maybe they know you a little better than you know yourself, and they can help guide you into something that a field you're good at. But at the end of the day, it's your life. You're the one who's going to have to pursue this career for the rest, you know, the rest of your life, and you're the one who's going to school for that thing. Um, so pursue that which you desire. And we have, I mean, we, in America, you, you literally can become anything you can dream up. If you have the, the dedication and the discipline to pursue it, you can, you can become pretty much anything um, if you have the capacities. Um, so just ask yourself the two simple questions, I think. Can I glorify God and enjoy Him by pursuing this passion that I have? And is it forbidden in God's Word? If it's not forbidden, if something's not forbidden in God's word, you can pursue it to his glory, then go for it. Endless possibilities for you when you're young to enjoy life and to rejoice in God. 
I probably would add one to that, and that would be, is this wise? Mm. Um, I mean, there's some things that wouldn't be wise to pursue. Yeah. It's not. Um, it's not. It's not restricted by God's word. God's word doesn't forbid it, but maybe it's not wise. Well, for what? Like, in what regard? Um. As I'm saying it, I know that I I know what I'm thinking, but I'm trying to are, think. Are you, of think, a, are you thinking? Think of like a. I'm trying to think of. Are a, you thinking what I'm thinking? Oh, I don't know. Scuba diving on scuba like South Africa, on, <laughs> where great white sharks are. <laughs> I mean, we just saw that. We just saw that. Uh, <laughs> I, I just saw that uh, that that news story. Yeah, that's why. That's why I was thinking someone, of that. Someone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are things that are not wise to do. Yeah. Um, but it's not like it's not a. Um, you can't find like an actual prohibition, uh-huh. like going scuba diving. Yeah, it's but maybe it's not wise mm-hmm. for you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's um, goodness, I, I I can't think of like a particular example, but that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just there's a measure there's a measure of risk that's involved, and mm-hmm. how much risk are you willing to take? Right. It may not necessarily be a sin, but it can adversely affect your life. Right. So, and God has given us wisdom in Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, um, so that we can see what what uh, will give us joy. Right. Right. <clears throat> yeah. um, and and so let's let's talk about that because we I, I mentioned that. Your your overarching um, idea for the sermon is there's two commands mm-hmm. for you to pursue joy. Yeah, and people hear that word command and they don't think that they don't immediately think joy. They think restrictions. Well, there so there are restrictions, right? So if he if God says pursue joy in your youth, you know, rejoice in the days of your youth, uh, follow your heart, but you need to know that you're going to come to judgment for these things. Why does God give us these laws? And some people think it's many non-believers think it's because God is just a big, the big uh, grump, the big grumpy in the sky. Mm-hmm. You know, He doesn't have fun. He's not about joy, and He wants to kill our joy. And it's exact opposite, actually. God's laws establish these parameters and these safeguards to actually ensure you, as a human, can experience real joy. So they protect you. Um, and so to violate God's laws are not only a sin against him as the lawgiver, they actually undermine your ability to be as happy as you could if you obeyed them and followed them. So um, <clears throat> the one, you know, one that I think about often is just like my marriage. I'm not afraid to like brag on my marriage because I think God gave it. I mean... The, it's just a blessing that God's given because we try to follow, we followed God's ways and yeah. His commands. And so I've been married 21 years, and I've been happy for all 21 years, and it's great. Um, but the other people don't follow God's commands as far as pursuing relationships with the opposite sex, right? So they'll engage in all kinds of things before they're married, sex before marriage, uh, multiple partners, um, and they think it's fun and they think it's good, but they're undermining their ability 
to have and experience what I've experienced. And, mm. and I know you've experienced the same thing in your life. And, you know, and my parents too, I have that example. Um, many of the people I went to school with, you know, they were married, been married multiple times and there's divorces and, you know, who has rights to the kids. And mm-hmm. it's, God doesn't give us commands because he wants you to not have fun. He wants you to have under the sun, even in a fallen world, he still wants you to experience the joy of of having someone that is your life partner um, of the opposite sex, of which you can have children with, raise those children, watch them grow up, watch them become young men and women, and then watch them bear you grandchildren, and then you can die with your grandkids around you. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful life. Right. Um, and many people who do not follow Christ will never experience it. And and I and I'm not afraid to sh- to say it because I I believe it's absolutely true. They will never experience that type of joy. That's all given and safeguarded by God's commands. And I think that's a great example. Yeah. So yeah. there are many others I'm sure you could think of, of how God's commands they they are for our they're for human flourishing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, after the fall, you know, the, the, we don't have all these commands pre-fall. But after the fall, you know, depravity takes hold, and we are we do bad and terrible things. Oh, well, even as you were uh, describing, you know, God's God's uh, will for for marriage, like I'm hearing all of these um, qualifications that even ten years ago we wouldn't have to like explicitly right. Um, list right, like your life partner is of the opposite <laughs> of sex. the opposite sex. That that's their that biological <laughs> biological right. opposite sex. Right, right. You can bear children together. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, that's actually good for the children that you're together for your entire life. I mean, as we go further and further, we're going to have to qualify. Uh, same species, right? As you. you think it's a joke? Like people say, oh, "How could you do such a comparison?" Well, in Europe, they're already mm-hmm. proposing uh, like bestiality laws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's how insane. Yeah, we're we have gone as a world. Well, I mean, you think about AI, and once they start putting AI into like synthetic bodies, yeah, we're gonna have to have a qualification. They have to be human, like. <laughs> yeah, like what? like a human. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's wild. The things yeah. that we're gonna have to explicitly state. Mm-hmm. We we can't just uh, we can't just assume. Mm-hmm. One of the things I was thinking as you were talking about this is is you know pursuing the desires of your heart, following the desires of your heart within God's God's word, uh-huh. knowing that God is going to judge. And I think that in order for us to pursue our our greatest desires, our greatest desire has to first be God's word. Right. It has to be God and His word. I mean, the longest the longest chapter in the Bible is all about God's word. Right. It's all about how I love Your law. Uh-huh. I, I meditate upon it. I I'm I'm wiser than my my elders because I love Your I love Your word. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think that if we if we make God and His Word our ultimate desire, then all of our other desires will will start to line up. Yes. They'll start to fall into mm-hmm. place. Yeah, you got to get your desires 
your desire organized, right? Your desires have to fall in in line with God's mm-hmm. word. Yeah, exactly what you're saying. Because, you know, some a lot of people will pursue the things that actually do make them happy. I mean, yeah. con artists really like <laughs> conning people out of money. It yeah. makes them happy. It gives them a thrill. Mm-hmm. They're pursuing happiness in that. Yeah. Um, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer, mm-hmm. he had great joy in in doing what he did. Right. Many desires are perverted and bent and distorted and wrong. Mm -hmm. There are wrong desires. There are good desires. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure our desires are falling in line with what God has revealed as acceptable. Mm. And there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, of things that are are under the surface of of what you're saying because you have to know God's word. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you going to know what? what's permitted and what's forbidden. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't know God's word. Yeah. Man, it's, it's like Ecclesiastes. He's mm-hmm. giving us all these all these wise things for us to think about. But how many people do you know are just on a regular basis reading Ecclesiastes? Right. Like we have to we have to love God's word. We have to be in God's word, meditate upon it, memorize it, think upon it, and then actually obey it. Mm-hmm. And and then the rest of your life is just going to kind of fall open for you right like now now it's um now you can pursue the desires of your heart because your ultimate desire is god and i Uh think that's where where you're you know that's that's what you've you've said many times is that god doesn't want you to just have happiness he wants you to have maximum happiness Mm -hmm. and maximum happiness is only going to come when god is ultimate instead of all these other things right and that takes us all the way back to the beginning of ecclesiastes where he's pursued all of these these other things as ultimate and he just says it's just all vanity yeah he shows you i mean it's just go back and read the beginning um and yet after even though we know people probably in our own lives have done the things solomon has done who have tried to pursue the things of the world as if they could actually provide ultimate happiness and we see how it ends in epic failure every time Mm -hmm. We're still prone to go that way. Yeah, we're still pulled in that direction, right? As if we could actually do the impossible, mm-hmm. which we can't. So it's, yeah. it's trying. It's like trying to catch the wind. Yeah. Um, the third, uh, the third kind of sub command is uh, is remove vexation from your heart. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I thought this was very interesting to think about, especially considering like kind of where we are as a Western culture. Mm-hmm. Because this this literally is to remove anxiety from your heart, remove anxiety from your heart. What where we are almost brainwashed into this idea through pop culture and maybe even through schooling that um, anxiety. If you have anxieties, it's just who you are, right? And and there's no moving beyond it, mm-hmm. except for of course when they throw the medicine at you, right? Because they're okay with you having anxiety just medicated it away. Mm. Well, God tells us to remove it. So that maybe that means we aren't a slave to the mm. various anxieties that plague us. Yeah. And different people have different ones cuz you know, we're all made differently. Um but part of part of pursuing joy in our youth is learning to identify those, I think. God wouldn't command us to do it if we couldn't do it. Um so identify that which causes anxiety identify the root, and then fight against it, put it away from your heart. That's a very, this is a very common sense thing, right? Anxiety will stand in the way of your joy. Mm -hmm. So identify that which is causing the anxiety, 
fight against it, overcome it. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder how much of a connection this has with the follow the follow your heart and this um, kind of what we were talking about, the anxiety that people have over who am I supposed to marry, what school am I supposed to go to, what job am I supposed to have, yeah. um, all of this. We, we have all of this anxious thought. What if I make a wrong decision? What if I, I just, I'm, I'm going to go to the wrong school, I'm going to get the wrong degree, I'm going to get the wrong job, and I'm going to destroy the rest of my life. Right. And that kind of anxiety is just, it, it will just um, make decision-making impossible. Mm-hmm. Instead of follow the desires of your heart, is this permitted by God's word? Can I glorify God in this? Um, do it, and then trust God. Right, <laughs> trust right, right. God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know, we don't know, we don't. Uh, it's it's like the butterfly effect, right? You've yes, heard the butterfly effect, mm-hmm. right? The the flapping of a butterfly here can cause a storm. Yeah, uh, on the other side of the world, um, we don't know the ripple effect of all of our decisions. <clears throat> if we really stop and think about this this big picture of I don't know what this decision is. This decision could lead to this, or it could lead to that, or it right. could lead to this, and that that decision could. I mean, it's it's the multiverse, right? Right. Every every decision could have unknown ripple effects but if we if we live our lives anxious about that we'll never be able to take a step because that step could ultimately lead to the dominoes falling yeah and we just don't know yeah so one of the keys to this is to believe what he has said in particular in chapters three through five it comes up several times but chapter three very heavy the sovereignty of God, it, the sovereignty of God over all things. He has appointed everything. Right. There is a time for everything. You aren't the one who appointed the times, mm-hmm. but yet there's a time to be born, a time to die. Who who does that? Who right. appoints that? God does. And then everything in between. Yep. Um, in chapter 3, there's several great comments about this, that he has made everything beautiful in its time. Well, we definitely don't see that in our life. Right. But then sometimes, looking back, maybe 20 years later, mm-hmm. you can see how that step, which you thought was totally negative, but you wouldn't be even the person you are. Right. So he's made everything beautiful in its time. Um, whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken away from it. That should remove anxiety because we know, okay, look, I've got to make a decision. This isn't a sin. I can glorify God in it. It could be the wrong decision. It could actually lead to some suffering and some heartache and some pain. But knowing that God's sovereign over all of these things, mm-hmm. this is an essential step in the building of who the man or woman God would have me to be. So I know he will use this to conform me into the image of his son, and in the end it will work out more mm-hmm. my good. Yeah, and this is good. Um, this is good advice for, for young people. I, I wish I would have had people saying these things to me when I was young, that your our, our sphere of responsibility is to obey God's word. It's God's sphere to work everything out mm-hmm. according to his plan and for the good of his people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's not going to be some cosmic accident that happens that could have been avoided if I would have done this differently. Right. Um, 
if if we're doing if we're following these principles for for wise decision making within the bounds of God's word, then we just have to trust God for the outcome. Right. Yep. And this right. this just stretches into all areas of our life. Um and uh, that this I, I think that it's important for us to to emphasize that this doesn't mean that you won't experience anxiety. Right. That there aren't situations in which you'll feel anxious, but we're commanded not to be controlled by those things. Right. Like you can't um you can't you can't let those those uh, anxious feelings dictate your life. Right. Yeah. You uh because of the fall and we are in a fallen body, mm-hmm. um various things are affected and people have anxieties over different things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even irrational things, but um, it's part of growing. It's part of growing up. Is not surrendering to them. I just give an example. I don't think Brick would be embarrassed by this. She was maybe twelve, twelve years old, maybe thirteen. You know, as she's starting to become a young woman, she started to experience anxiety she never had before ever in her life. Had to do with like being around other people and stuff like that, and so. It had kind of gone on long enough where it was really robbing her joy. It was really robbing her joy, big time. So I just told her, you know, one day, and I mean, this is hey, my parenting ways. <laughs> I know the best way to get over anxieties is just to face them. So, you know, just tell her, like, look, you live in a world with people, mm. and um, you can't stay like you are. Yeah. And function. So you need to face that which is causing you anxiety and overcome it by desensitizing yourself. Like there is, that's such a thing. There is such a thing as desensitizing yourself to that which causes you anxiety and then moving beyond it and getting over it. You and I can both relate to that um, because I don't think either one of us would have chosen this, this occupation for ourselves. I mean, if I could, if I could time travel, fifteen years mm-hmm. back and tell you know younger me, you're going to be a preacher standing up in front of people weekly talking. Right. I, it would be unbelievable. Yeah. Um. But as you do it, you you do become desensitized to some of the anxiety. You do. That doesn't mean that all of it's gone. I mean, I I get nervous whenever i'm about to to walk up and mm-hmm. and talk to people right um in public but you don't let it control you right you, you, i mean you can't be frozen in fear mm-hmm. just because you have some kind of anxiety over public speaking it's very strange to me the things that make us anxious you know i was in the army deploy to a war zone yeah. never feel anxious mm. Ever. Yeah. Get ready to stand up in front of people. Yeah, right. Like very anxious. Uh Uh-huh. Like bordering on fear almost, you know? Mm. It's so, so weird. Mm. So strange. But, you know, you can't live in that. You have to face it and put out, put anxiety away. You've got to remove it from yourself, remove Mm. anxiety from you. Yeah. And um, especially for young people, they've got to learn this ability um, to face their fears, face that which makes them anxious, um, and then to move beyond them. 
so that they can experience joy. Yeah, and it it, it does come down to God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And that that really is the the central doctrine that will destroy your your anxiety. Right. Um, yeah. Is is um recognizing that whatever happens, whatever situation I'm in, it's because God has sovereignly put me here. Mm-hmm. And I can trust him. And whatever happens to me, it's going to ultimately work for my good. Right. Yeah. So there's always a, there's usually a root cause to these anxieties. So like, for instance, when we talk with Brooke, helped her to see, like to examine, okay, what is it that is at root? And and I think what it came down to is, as with many teenage girls, it's what, what do other people think of me? What do they perceive of me? And I think that affects, um, I think that affects young girls more than it does young boys. It can affect boys too, yeah. But I think teenage girls are especially prone to that. So, um, yeah, we we don't have God's permission to surrender to anxiety yeah. because He commands us to rejoice in the days of our youth. Mm-hmm. And if you're just plagued by anxiety, you won't do that. Well, if you just give in to anxiety when you're young. It doesn't magically go away, right? <laughs> you know, um, it'll become more crippling, yeah, and more dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. The older yeah, you get, because it, it it develops into a pattern. It's mm-hmm. it's a way of living, right? And um, yeah, it it will have effects in other areas of your life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so trust in God's sovereignty when you're young. Um, I I love what uh, what Whitfield said that that he's invincible. Mm-hmm. Until God wants him to die, like right. you're invincible. Mm-hmm. Yep. So don't uh, don't live in fear. But also don't try to become a vigilante superhero. That's that is that's true. Also, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. The fourth one: put away pain from your body. Uh, I, you know, sometimes you wonder: can does God <laughs> command you to do things that you that you can't do? <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, he, what he does what he doesn't mean is become a couch potato. Yeah, because you, you're never going to exercise <laughs> right. and put your body through pain. Right. In fact, it may mean that you should do that. You should put your body through pain. Mm. So the idea is to put away evil. Yeah. Put away evil from your body. Put away the things which are harmful to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he's you know he listed a whole bunch of things he pursued early in the book, and many of those things are really harmful for you. Yeah. So if you really love alcohol. Mm-hmm which young people are prone to doing when mm-hmm. they go to college, put that away. Mm. Because that's not only a sin against God to be drunk, a drunkard, it's bad for you. Right. You can develop a habit of drinking that will actually kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know anyone that has um, been a drunkard and literally died of the consequences? I don't know if I've known anyone personally. Well, it... Does happen. It's it not, does it's, happen. It's not like a right. like a boogeyman. People tell their children so they right, don't drink. It does. Yeah, it happens uh-huh. all over America. Yep. I, I, we should pull the numbers up. I bet they're astronomical. Mm-hmm. People literally drink themselves to death. Right. They'll kill their liver and die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this isn't like oh hey you're 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 jumping on all over into the fundamentalist uh, legalistic stuff. <laughs> so this stuff is just common sense. I mean right. these are things that secular doctors know. Yeah. Uh, don't do that to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do evil to your body on right. purpose. Put that away so that you can experience joy. I mean, sex before marriage is, is an evil to your body. Mm. 
Um, it's a sin against God, but it's also harmful to you. Right. Um, you know, Christian people that have one partner and marry them don't worry about STDs. Right. You know? So um, this stuff is very earthy and practical. Mm-hmm. Um, put all of that stuff away. Yeah. There's a negative side to it. There's also a positive side to this, mm. which would be take care of your body by like exercising and eating right. Yeah, you got to quit. You got to quit. <laughs> you got to quit this. <laughs> yeah. So, for every cream soda you drink, run a mile. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> so, one thing you didn't mention that I thought would uh, is important is sleep. That is a good one. How, how many young people just stay up until four o'clock in the morning and then, you know, that's a very good one. Like you, you have to, you have to develop a good sleep pattern. Yes, it's exactly right. And I, I know more about sleep probably than I ever wanted to because of the curiosity of my son. Mm-hmm. He's so cur- he's so curious, but it's one of the things in an ath- athletic world that is actually a major life hack mm. for elite performers. Yeah. Is they sleep at least eight hours a day. Yeah. Um, who's that running back? Um, he was at Alabama. He's huge. Like he's way taller than any running, any other. Uh, um, what is his name? They call him King Henry. Um, I can't remember his name. He's in the NFL now. He's, he's big. Mm. And his training is literally sleep is scheduled into his training. Yeah. So not just lifting weights, but how much he sleeps at night and then how much he'll sleep during the day. So I he think, can recover. I, I think this goes back into God's sovereignty also. Mm-hmm. Like we we often think I've got too much stuff to do. I I can't sleep. When God has given us sleep and there's probably other things going on that mm-hmm. are um making it so that we feel like we can't sleep because God has given us the time that we need <clears throat> to do right. the things that we're supposed to do. Yeah. And he's given us the time to sleep. Because we have to realize that we're not God. Mm-hmm. We have limitations. We can't do it all. You know, I mon- my Mondays are a little weird. So Sundays Sundays are not really like a good rest day for me. Even though I try to take a nap on Sunday afternoon, yeah. my mind is still kind of going fast, you know? So Monday afternoon, I, like when this is over, I'm upload this, I'm going to go to the house. There won't be anyone at my house. Mm-hmm. I will experience like three hours of total silence at my home. <laughs> and it'll recharge me yeah. for the rest of the week because because I'll, I'll rest. Mm. So more than just being asleep, I'll actually get to have some rest. Mm. But we ignore that. You're totally right. Can I come to your house too, Jay? You are running Can on I a lack come? of sleep. <laughs> you want to come house? over? <laughs> we'll just sit there in a room in silence. Yeah. That'll recharge you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever gone through a period of time where you kind of had some insomnia? Mm-hmm. Pretty terrible. Yeah. Pretty terrible time. Yep. So, yeah. I, I had that in college for... I don't really know why it happened. Maybe developmental in my brain. I, I, I don't know. But it was a terrible time. Yeah. And it's 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 worse when you're young because you start to develop a habit. I mean, mm-hmm. in college, um, don't drink a two liter of soda a day. <laughs> and there's people that do that. They I do. mean, uh, that's, not, <laughs> that's, that's not an exaggeration. Like... Don't don't just cram junk food into your body. Yeah, and then expect. Well, when I get you know when I get out of college, things will be different. Right? <laughs> no, it won't. No, you'll. <laughs> no, it won't. You'll develop a pattern. Yeah. 
You'll develop um, habits. You, you've got to you've got to start <clears throat> learning good habits when you're young because it's hard to break them. Yeah, it is. Yeah. When I was in uh, in the army, a fellow fellow lieutenant, he uh, after PT, in between, you know, you got PT, then you go home, get ready, come back to work uh, around nine. He'd come back to work with a with a gallon jug of sweet tea every day. Mm. And it's like 110 degrees, you know, I'm sucking down water yeah. and he's just like drinking his sweet tea. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, you can develop some really bad habits that yeah. you can't break. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, this, is, this is part of the Bible that's just really practical. Um, these are things that you could possibly even just read in a self-help book that you pick up at Barnes & Noble mm-hmm. about like not causing damage to your body by, you know, yeah. drinking and doing drugs and doing things and then trying to positively do these things. But we get to do it kind of at a different angle is that we know that God created us in his image and the human, your human body is special by design and you're to use it to the glory of God. And you can't do that yeah. if you're damaging your body. Yeah. And I, I don't, you know, this doesn't mean that you can never eat fast food. It, it means everything in moderation. I'm glad that you said that, George, because I eat a lot of fast food. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. Yeah. Um, it's it's it really is everything in moderation. Right. Do it. Do it for for joy. Do it for the glory of God. Don't do it as an ultimate. Well, he's told you. He's, he's God's commanded you through Solomon to eat and drink, mm-hmm. and enjoy your wife. Right. And enjoy your work. So you are to enjoy food and and drink and 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 we went through that and you know maybe some people they struggled with it but he, wine is included in that mm-hmm. uh, you're to enjoy it he gave it to you to for your joy but not as an ultimate not right? as an ultimate you know it becomes an ultimate because you, too much wine and then you is die bad right and, yeah <laughs> then you die yeah so yeah Okay. So very right. practical, good stuff. And yeah. we're an hour in. There's only one point down. Okay. Well, rejoice. Rejoice uh, in the days of your youth, right? Enjoy. Uh, rejoice in the days Enjoy of it youth. while it lasts because chapter 12 chapter is here. 12's right? <laughs> chapter 12 is coming. Chapter 12. Uh, the second command is remember your creator in the days of your youth. There you go. There's coming a day when... Evil days are you coming. You won't enjoy life. That's what he calls them, evil days. Yeah. Evil days are coming. They're drawn near, which you will say I have no pleasure in them. Is that the, is that the same word as uh, verse 10, 11, 10, remove pain, mm-hmm. pain, evil from your body? Let me see. While you're looking it up, I can just kind of rant. Yes, I'm, it's the same. I'm, I, I get a little frustrated with the ESV uh-huh. when they use different different translations of the same word when they're right next to each other. Right. It is. <laughs> I keep seeing it. It keeps popping up uh, as I've been going through the Psalms. <laughs> There's, it translates the same, the same Hebrew word different ways. Right. And uh, so it's, we're supposed to put away evil from our body, but evil days are coming. Yeah. I mean, this word for evil here, it has a, a range mm-hmm. of, of meanings. Right. Um, and this one, I think if... But it could, just, it could just as easily be, be uh, in, uh, translated as before the painful days come. 
It could be. Before the painful days come, it could be before days of disaster draw near. Mm. Well, I mean, your right. body, days of calamity. Mm-hmm. Your body's breaking down. I would call that calamitous. Yeah, right. So it doesn't mean a moral evil. Mm-hmm. It right. means a day's coming when your body is going to break down and you're going to have no pleasure at all mm-hmm. left in them because your your life probably will be full of pain. Yeah. Your body will be full of pain. Um, and then he gives this, it's a long, like very poetic, very artistic description of a person that's old mm-hmm. and then eventually dies. Yeah. And so uh, it, it's not important to know exactly what does he mean by like the grinders cease because they're few, though most people think that refers to teeth. Mm-hmm. Um or that the door is shut, um, or you'll miss the whole thing. The The whole thing means, like, you're going to get old, and you come down to verse 8, vanity of vanity says the preacher all is vanity. Your life is short. You're going to get old. You're going to die. Days are coming when you won't even want to be alive. Mm. That's hard to imagine. But have you met an old person or sat by their bed where they've made a comment that they wish they would just die? Uh-huh, yep. That's pretty normal, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think especially for a Christian, knowing that they know what's coming, right. and yet they're stuck here. I mean, we don't have to... It, the world, especially celebrities, they try to hold this off. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you seen pictures of Madonna? Oh, man. <laughs> she does not look great. Do you know but that's the, her, or maybe that's uh, yeah, an could, AI? It could be. It could be a replacement. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> but it's it's all in this effort to remain young. Yeah. And as Christians, we don't have to do that mm-hmm. because this this world is not our our home. This body, this this mortal body, is going to be put off, and we're going to put on immortality. Yeah. So we don't have to we don't have to cling to this this body. We can recognize that we live in a fallen world, and the wages of sin is death, and because we are sinners, our bodies are going to decay, and we're going to eventually die. Yeah. Um, we don't have to act like that's not a reality. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's coming. I mean, it's you become more and more aware of it, though, mm-hmm. like as you're older. Young people don't think about this. This is they why don't. he's addressing it to them. Right. There's three befores mentioned. They're before, before, before. Mm-hmm. Trying to really get the point across. Right. You don't ever think about this because you're young. You think you, you're going to live to be a million years old. Mm-hmm. It's weird how time works, right? You, when you're young, time seems to go like slow. Mm-hmm. But then now, like, man, oh, the yeah. weeks just fly yep. by. It's very strange. Right. So while you're young, remember these lessons, remember the creator in the days of your youth, because there's a day coming, when you go through all these, he hits like, your eyes are going to go bad, your ears are going to go bad, your hands aren't going to work, your legs are going to give out. Um, he hits them all, your hair is going to be gray. Can, but my favorite one is the grasshopper. Yeah. <laughs> the grasshopper drags itself along. And, uh, yeah. you know, grasshop- we have these grasshoppers out where we live kind of out in the country, they can really fly. Mm. They jump and they'll jump and go like really far. You see one like dragging itself across your sidewalk. Yeah. Like, you know, like something's right. something's really wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's you. I mean, you're going to be like that. Yeah. Just a shell. I feel, I feel that in my... You feel it? I feel that in my bones yeah. every Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's only going to get better for you now. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, it's such a great description. And so 
Um, I don't think we we need to like go through all of them. I mentioned them in the sermon. If you want to go back and hear all of those, but it's a it's a very artistic way to getting his point across, which is to obey the command that he gives, which is remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days come where that's going to be very difficult to do. Yeah. So that's the command, and of course, remembering. He's not just telling you like, "Hey, uh, don't forget about to think about God every once in a while." <laughs> yeah. Remembering in the, in the Bible always carries the idea of uh, calling to mind the truth of who the person is, so that you might live in right relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. That's how it always comes up. Yeah. A good example of that would be um, Noah in the Ark mm-hmm. reigns for forty days, forty nights. Noah's and his family and the animals are on the boat. Right. And it says, God remembered Noah. Yeah. It's not like God had he to didn't tie it. He didn't have to like tie a string around his finger. Uh, what am I forgetting? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a guy on a boat. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Not, that's not what it means. I got to get it that guy. It means that now God is going to act yeah. for Noah. Uh-huh. He's not abandoning him. Right, yeah. And you, you that God uses that language... God remembered his covenant mm-hmm. and right. you know, and then he drew near to his people and blessed them and mm-hmm. rescued them. Yep. Things like that. But also it's to us. We're it's called, a command. I mean, it's a, that command for Israel to remember is found everywhere. consistently. And it's not that they don't it's not that they don't mentally know what God has done. It's that their lives have gone off the yeah. gone off the rail. They're they're not living in accordance with what yeah, they know, and and when it says they forgot the Lord their God, it's not like they generations went by and everybody forgot about Yahweh, right? And like everything in their culture, all the festivals, mm-hmm. the way their calendar was, they all remembered Him. They all knew who knew about it. Yeah, but they went after other gods, right? They served other gods, mm-hmm. uh, but so the call to them through the ex, you know, established right before the Exodus and the Passover was do this so you will remember the Lord, and then. What comes on top of those at Sinai is that you could then obey him right. and live in covenant with him. And so what, when he the call here is to remember your creator, and it's interesting that the word creator is used, I think, and not just the word God. Mm-hmm. It's especially relevant today yeah. for young people today. Remember your creator. Okay, if, if someone created you, we could just think of like, if say we do make an AI robot, we're the creator. Mm-hmm. What did we make it for? Just for fun? Yeah. Well, it's always a purpose. Right. Creators make things for a purpose. We are the same way. God created us in his image, in his likeness, for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And people forget. And this is even people that aren't even that aren't Christians. They're caught up in this like um great deception. The great deception is to suppress the truth that there's a creator and they're created, because this can give them license to um, to sin freely, and to sin without conv- being convicted, uh, even to smooth their way out, like mm-hmm. you said. Yep. So remember, there's a creator; you're created, um, and do that while you're in your youth. Uh, you aren't an accident. Yeah. You actually do have worth. What great news that you could take to one of your friends, you know, that's a non-believer. They think they're just a big accident, and their life has no purpose and no meaning at all. And you have the answer. You're made in God's image and likeness. You have inherent worth in yourself. 
And now you are to live in right relationship with Him and find your ultimate purpose, mm-hmm. which is to live for Him and enjoy Him. But you can't do that um, if you've forgotten your Creator. Um, we see, though, the warnings through Israel's history, how easily they forgot, but we forget easily as well. Right. And Jesus really, I think, he, what He does in transforming this, uh, this the the Passover supper, making it about himself, and telling us to do it as this vivid act of remembrance, as a way of keeping us, um, keeping us as uh, people who will obey this command. Remember your Creator in your youth. Well, if you're a Christian, and we have the Lord's Supper before us, um, that makes it all the more uh, makes it easier yeah. i think it's a it's a the lord's supper is a i don't want to call it a tool cuz it makes it sound weird <laughs> but it it's a means it's a means of grace it's a means that god has given to us right. to help us to to remember him mm-hmm. um and it's never too late to start this so it's for youth mm. call us to do it while you're young right but it could be for anyone I mean, there could be a you know a sixty-year-old man sitting in our church service. Um, he's called to do this as well, right? So, yeah, that's the idea. Remember your Creator, so that you could actually experience real joy. Mm. You can't possibly do that first one if you don't have the second one, right? Um, so, in some ways, it almost could have been preached in reverse, yeah. but that's not the order that he goes in. Mm-hmm. So the call is to re- is to re- uh, rejoice and to remember. Yeah, and you can't really rejoice if you're not remembering the Lord, if you're not living in right relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Very good. That's it. That's, That's it, good. George. Yeah. Very good. Yep. All right. You got one more. One more. Nine through fourteen. Yep. And that's it. The end of the matter. All right. Did we just create a sermon title? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I I won't be surprised if that's what it is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you for uh, for joining us today for our text driven Tuesday. We've been looking through uh, Ecclesiastes. Hopefully, this has been helpful for you. Hopefully, this is uh, edifying for you as. Um, we rejoice in all that God has done for us. We rejoice in this life that he's given us and that we remember him by uh, walking in obedience to his word. So if uh, this has been helpful, please make sure to like, subscribe, share, and uh, join us on Friday for Free For All Friday as we continue our series on eschatology. So until then, have a good week. God bless.